Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello again, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry, and of course, this is my co-host. My name is Chris Huddleston. And today we are, I'm excited, I don't know ex- how you feel about it yet, we're going to find out, uh, to talk to you about the, t- was it 2014? Yes. Like It's a relatively recent movie. 2014 Tom Cruise movie. Edge of Tomorrow. I'm going to tell you a story. At first, it's going to sound ridiculous. But the longer I talk... We have to find the keys. The more rational it's going to appear. I can't believe you found coffee. Sugar, right? Yeah. Hold on. Three. You like three. How many times have we been here? How many times? For me, it's been an eternity. The invasion will fail. We lose everything. I die within five minutes of landing on that beach, along with every other soldier. How did you do that? Come on! Come find me when you wake up! You happened to me. You hijacked their power. How do I control it? You have to die. Every day. Keep coming here and I'll train you. Again, again. Your leg's broken. No, I'm good. Then we better start over. Oh, come on. I'm not a soldier. Of course you're not. You're a weapon. They want to conquer the rest of the world. Unless you change the outcome. We are not equipped for what's out there. How many times have we been here? What are you not telling me? It's gonna be dark in a few hours. And curl up by the fire and open a bottle of wine. We should just reset. Whoa! Okay, now, do you have a synopsis for us, Mr. I do. I've got a brief one from the IMDb, and it goes like this. It says, a soldier fighting aliens has to relive the same day over and over again, the day restarting every time he dies. That is short and sweet. It is short and sweet, isn't it? It does just put its finger right on it. Um... Now, I I have seen this film. This was my suggestion, and you had not. Is that correct? I had not. That is correct. You should go first, then, I think. Okay, sure. So I was somewhat aware of this movie. Basically, the only thing that I knew about this movie was that it was a Groundhog Day kind of situation where uh, Tom Cruise, where there's an alien invasion, Tom Cruise is dying over and over and, you know, repeating the same day. And that had Emily Blunt in it. That was all I knew. Um, And that it 
was viewed as um, a financial disappointment. I think I want to say, I'm just going from memory on this, but uh, I think the budget was like 170 million and it did 300 and some million. So, you know, 2014, we were already into the era of the billion dollar, you know, grossing movie. So this was viewed as, uh, I guess it was viewed as kind of a flop, but um, I had heard pretty much universal praise about this movie. And I think it has, I don't know if you could call a movie of this budget and size a cult film, but I, I think it's kind of gained uh, a reputation over time. So anyway, um, the thing that surprised me about it and I really liked is Tom Cruise does not start out as a hero. He is basically for people who haven't seen it and just to tell you if this is first time listening to the podcast, we spoil. So we will spoil this movie thoroughly. Yeah, thoroughly. So if you're interested in this, if you like sci-fi, if you like a sci-fi more or less groundhog day, if you like Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, watch the movie. Um, But he, he is this guy. So the, these aliens have, are, you know, destroying the earth and you basically have a kind of a world military now. Um, and Tom Cruise is from the U S military and he's just a PR guy. He had had a, um, an advertising firm before this all went down and he lost it. And then he went into the military as just a PR guy in the military. And he is essentially forced to go and fight, which he doesn't want to do. So it was interesting. I felt early on to see Tom Cruise as this more or less cowardly guy. He's just like, I'm not going to fight. You know, that's not what I do. And he's scared. And you have a great uh, drill sergeant played by Bill Paxton. And he gets in with this group. And then, you know, and then it begins with the, uh, uh, you know, fighting over and over. So he's very much a reluctant hero. Um, so I like that aspect and, you know, he becomes more heroic as it goes along. I liked how early on it was kind of like, okay, they continually are fighting at this beach and they keep losing to the aliens and, you know, he keeps dying and then his day starts over, over again. And the first few times, you know, they showed it in a little bit different way, but I thought uh, if it's just going to continually be this beach thing, this is going to get tiresome, but it doesn't. Again, you have, uh, keep saying groundhog day, but that's the, the best comparison I can make. It's similar to Groundhog Day in that he relives this over and over and over. You don't really know how many times, but he is gaining all these skills and figuring out ways to that he's going to make this, uh, you know, that they'll defeat the aliens. And, you know, it goes off in a lot of different directions, which I, which I enjoyed. So um, I think the if I had a criticism of it, the, the aliens themselves are these, they just seemed kind of generic. They're these sort of like machine octopus kind of thing. So they're just, you know, they're not, uh, you know, like either they don't seem like frightening or particularly exciting or anything like that. But um, overall the effects are really good. You know, it's well-directed Tom Cruise generally does not make bad movies. Um, so he seems to be giving it a, his all him and, and Emily Blunt. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a good, um, 
modern sci-fi action movie. It's, I thought it was a neat premise to combine that Groundhog Day story with science fiction. So, yeah, I don't know. So, what do you, you obviously like it? I guess, right, Chris? I, I do. Yeah, I share your criticism of the um, the aliens. It's a pet peeve of mine when you're watching a sci-fi movie about monsters or alien invasion is that the they're always any more CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it's a swarm of them, right. When it's, um, you know, this race of there's millions of them or whatever, um, they all get lost in the sort of whirling dervish. That is this generic, you know, and the creature design is designed to be terrifying, but when they don't have any distinct personality, when they're really just, you know, units to be mown down, um, it, I think it's, I feel like it's kind of mind numbing, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I think that one of some of my favorite action movies, um, are are my favorite action movies like Die Hard because there's a great villain. Yeah. Um you know and you, you you need a protagonist that you can get behind and and root for but you really you need a villain that you also love to hate. And and that's at least as important as having um a strong protagonist. And in this case I mean, I think they handled it wisely by making the movie more about the the aliens are kind of this. You might think of them as cancer or, you know, they're they're kind of this thing that you can't just you can't convince it to go away. You got to you got to figure out a way to beat it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have to figure out a way kind of to get around to the other side of it. And, you know, there's a kind of a finish line. It's not like, oh, if I capture one, you, there's no negotiating with it. It's just, it, it's a kind of a force of nature. And yes, there's a bunch of different critters that are running around, but they establish that it's all kind of one organism, right? That has a central mind. And then the, the goalpost becomes, well, we got to blow up that mind or we got to kill that mind. And that'll... And then everything else just wilts, which is spoiler alert, which is what happens ultimately. But the scene to scene action of the movie for me really is watching the transformation of Tom Cruise as he Tom Cruise's character as he navigates that challenge of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I do. I. I don't think Tom Cruise is the greatest actor that's ever appeared on screen, but I do think he is one of the most successful movie stars, certainly of our era. Oh, sure. And this is some of my favorite stuff of him. I don't know. He was going through something here in the mid, you know, the teens, that decade of his life where he was like really working. You know, he was putting out a movie every year and he was doing more of the Mission Impossible ones and he does all of his own stunts and like he was really grinding them out. And I don't mean that in a pejorative way, but 
you can just see how hard he did his homework on this. And mm-hmm. this is a character that we don't see a lot of his, we follow him, right? He's in every scene, but we don't see a lot of his experience, especially once it's established that he's repeating a day. So, you know, and he has to die every day for the day to reset. So he gets shot or killed and then there's a little cut to black. But then once the movie is has its, you know, pace going, we don't repeat like he has to go through the whole day again where, yeah. where he wakes up on the, you know, on the tarmac and the guy is, you know, kicking him awake and he's got to go through the whole day again to get to the point where we just left him mm-hmm. and the movie stops sh- showing us that. So we'll just, and in a couple of places it'll show you him like, Oh, he's trying to roll under a Jeep. And the first time he tries the Jeep runs over him. Yeah. And everybody goes, you know, and then and then it's him and he's the second time he tries, he gets it. So there's a couple of times where they they just show you take one, take two. But a whole day's gone by. And I think he does a very good job of. Of. Indicating that for him, a whole day's gone by. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple of points when he after he meets Emily Blunt, where you know, she she knows that he has to die uh, to reset the day. And there's a couple of times when she's sort of fed up or his back is broken or whatever. And she's like, all right, we just need to. And, you know, and he doesn't want to. He's like, wait, 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 wait. Not just because by that point it's unpleasant dying, but because like he just doesn't want to. You know, he made it all the way here. And uh, I got to go back. And you you get the sense of that. Yeah, and I I don't know. I. um I love when when movies that play with time like this and Sure, me too. I think like like many films uh that play with time if you st- if you stop and examine it too closely it starts to fall apart. Um but this thing clips along at a good enough pace and I think Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise do a great job of carrying it. Yeah. And um uh, Gleason, what's his first name? Um, like Donald Gleason or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I can't remember his first name. He's the the patriarch of that family, but uh, he's terrific as the sort of uh, commanding general of the whole thing. And um, Brendan Paxton, Gleason, Brendan Gleason, and and Bill Paxton does a great job. So even characters that aren't, they're not given a ton to do, and with no. with with. Uh, Bill Paxton, it's it's basically repeating very slight variations of the same dialogue. And he manages yes. to really have a lot of fun with it. Um, and they show it from different angles, you know. And yeah. That. Yeah. So it's fun. Yeah. And early on, as he's getting, as Tom Cruise is getting his sea legs with this, he's trying to change stuff. Like he's trying to make different choices. Or, you know, the first time we meet Bill Paxton, he gives us this sort of long sergeant monologue about the crucible of war and right. Mm-hmm. And so earlier on, Tom Cruise tries to head him off and, you know, and sort of skip to the whatever it, but we all, he always kind of ends up in the same place. Yeah. Um, And so I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just really, um, I really find it super entertaining and it isn't really until 
you get locked in in Act Three where they're in the sort of final approach. You know, I think of Star Wars again when you're kind of like trying to fly down the trench and shoot the, you know, shoot one through the exhaust vent to blow up the Death Star until we get where they're like, you got to make it through all these baddies to get to the big baddie. Did do do I start to feel like, okay, this is a formulaic sci-fi thing where, you know, they're not going to have made it this far and fail. Right. Um, and I thought that was a, a major accomplishment as well, that the managed to stay feeling fresh for me and be character driven and relationship driven because. So he starts to develop feelings for Emily Blunt. And of course for her, She's only ever known him a day. Yeah. Right. So she understands and, and we get to one point where they're driving and they're talking and it's it's clear that she had a similar experience. She was reliving uh, the same day hundreds of times, which is what established her as the sort of um, military heroine because she almost single handedly stopped the enemy at this battle of Verdun, they keep talking about um, because she's had the benefit of knowing how the day unfolds. So mm -hmm. she's always literally one move ahead of the enemy, but then she loses the power and we can get into the minutia of that or not, but it's not really important to the movie. I mean, they, they kind of explain or aid it at a certain point. You just enough to be like, Oh, okay, that's how it works. But there's even one point where she, they have a scientist friend uh, where they're talking and somebody's like, yeah, but why didn't, and, and she's just like, that's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can sort of feel the script being like, look, if, if you're going to want to talk about the mechanics or whatever, then that's a different movie. Right. Mm -hmm. we, we have to keep moving forward. And uh, I got a laugh out of that moment too. Um, I don't know why it didn't do better. I really, I, I find it immensely uh, entertaining and other movies that I think are less entertaining have done. I don't think it's like a, a thinker, a super like where you're like head scratcher. I don't, you know, like I followed it. Whether or not you get the minutia of like, now why did you know, he lose the power then or not. Like if you, if the, if the, it doesn't matter because eventually he'll explicitly say, no, 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 I, I can't reset the day I've lost it. Right. So you're like, oh, I'm, I don't, I don't, I got up and got a beer or something. I missed that part. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Something happened. He lost it. You know what I mean? It doesn't, the movie doesn't hang on these little technical whatevers. If you can get to the fact, if you can get down with the fact that the day resets every time he dies, I think then you can enjoy it, you know, without needing to parse out where did they come from and why are they here? And there's some speculation as to that stuff for the people who are into it. And I am, I'm one of the people who are into that kind of stuff, but I don't think this movie is about the semantics of this crazy race. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so either. A, a couple of things regarding a couple of points that you made there. You, you talked about Tom Cruise, you know, who's kind of, uh, just, I mean, he's worked so much. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's ever been a period where, you know, he was gone for a few years or anything, but I was thinking he has done, and these are the ones that I can think of. I don't know if there were any earlier ones or not, but you think about sci-fi movies with him 
all of the ones that I can think of have been good to very good, maybe great. You know, this one is good. Uh, you recently watched rewatched Oblivion. That's a good one. That's another one that I think got lost in the shuffle for whatever yeah. reason. I don't think it did very well. And he also did the two with Spielberg, War of the Worlds and Minority Report. Yeah. Both, you know, really good. Did he do any, is there any other sci-fi that he did earlier in his career or anything? He kind of hit this sci-fi period for a while. And I feel like, yeah, but I'd have to, I'd have to IMDb it up. I mean, he's really done so many movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing regarding the generic alien, that was the only thing I was in. And it, you don't, there's not like, you don't see a ton of these aliens, but I, you know, it seems like that's just become, this is just this kind of generic 2000s alien that we see in movies where, like you said, it's kind of a horde of these creatures, but it would be just as easy and to me more effective to do humanoid aliens, put some green makeup on them and put them in, you know, kind of Nazi like uniforms. And that's more scary and intimidating. I don't know. Uh, I mean, this, this movie seems much more about the repeating the day over and over again than, uh, you know, than the aliens themselves. I don't know, but also another thing. So I watched this on prime and for whatever reason, they changed the title. So the original title of this was live, die, repeat. And maybe in some markets it was released under that. Well, I noticed on Prime it says live, die, repeat, colon, edge of tomorrow. I think live, die, repeat is a lot better title. Edge of tomorrow is just so generic sounding. I keep confusing it with what's the new one with Chris Pratt that's on. War. Yeah. Because with this, I'm always thinking uh because somebody was asking me like what movie we were going to do this week and i'm i keep i'm like is it edge of tomorrow no is it edge of darkness you know it's just a uh it's such a i think that you know may have been a reason why partially why it didn't do that well is it's just a bad title yeah i had the same feeling when i watched oblivion um and i saw it it came out the following year and I saw it in the theater. It was another mm-hmm. summer Tom Cruise blockbuster. And I enjoyed this one so much in 2014 that in 2015, I was like, oh, goody, another you know, another Tom Cruise thing. And um, the title Oblivion is just meaningless. It's, yeah. um, it adds nothing to the property. Um, there's not even some like clever pun, you know, it's like, oh, the, it's the importance of being Ernest Wink. Get it? Because the name is, you, you know, it's like Oblivion. Um, I guess that name wasn't taken and that's how you landed on it. Um, but yeah, Edge of Tomorrow has a kind of um, atmospheric feel to it. And I guess he's always kind of on the edge of tomorrow, but it doesn't really tell us much about the movie or add anything to it. Whereas Live, I Repeat has a certain um frank <laughs> you know on the nose yeah that sort of describes the fundamental uh plot uh action of the film you know yeah i have read some reviews how did you feel about the chemistry between emily blunt and um 
Tom Cruise, because I've read some reviews of this thing that criticize the sort of burgeoning. Um, it's not a love story, but a sort of romantic um, subplot or romantic element that starts to develop between certainly from his side between them. And it was sort of like, oh, the movie doesn't earn this. And I was kind of like, I don't know. I mean, if you if you. If you lived basic, literally, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of days over with the same person, uh, it seems to me like you would start to develop feelings for them, romantic or otherwise, you'd start to care about them, right? I mean, that doesn't seem crazy to me. I thought it was kind of fun to play with him, like trying to get to know her better. And it's, it's the first date for her every single time. And it's not a date, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Not, not fun. Like it's a bit, but I just, I don't know. I thought that was kind of, there is one scene where he wants to sort of take a break and like not relentlessly be moving forward. And she's kind of like, we don't have time for this. You know, he makes coffee and it turns out that he's already done this day many, many times mm-hmm. and can't find a way forward. Like can't figure out a, another, a different way to move forward from this point where either he or she isn't killed. And he doesn't want to go further without her in part because he doesn't think he can succeed ultimately without her, but also because he's come to care about her. Yeah. Um, And so there is one scene where we see him trying to kind of carve out selfishly a little time for the closest thing to romance. And she jokes about it. You know, she's like, oh, curl up by the fire and open a bottle of wine. And he makes this sort of a face like, oh, you know, there's an idea, you know, and then things kind of go south immediately from there. But, you know, she's she's on to him. She's like, wait a minute. How many times have, have we done this day? And and he comes clean. But. I, you know, I don't know. I Maybe it's just the two actors selling it, um, but I, I didn't balk at that. I thought- it, No, it I thought their chemistry of... was fine. Sorry. No, no. I was going to say, I, I just think it kind of, it was a, it was another um, tonal, you know, it was another thread. Yeah. That made me care more about the two characters, invest more in the two characters. I didn't feel like, oh, come on. Really? You know, I didn't feel like that. At the end, when they're going to blow up the creatures, the aliens, she says, you know, it's like, you know, we're neither of us are going to make it out of here alive. And so they're they look at each other for several seconds. And I thought, okay, are they going to kiss? And then she she says, I wish I'd, you know, gotten to know you more or something like that and kisses him. And I got to thinking it's Tom Cruise is one of these actors that. Later in his career, he hasn't done a lot of romantic stuff. You know, he he did like uh, Jerry Maguire, which is this romantic comedy and, you know, maybe some things earlier on. But I don't know if it's when we found out about all the Scientology stuff and people decided this guy's really weird, you know, where he had that period where it all came out and everybody was just like, this guy's a nut, you know. And so for whatever reason, he's, you know, he's this handsome guy and Emily Blunt is this attractive woman. 
but he never it's not like no one now thinks of Tom Cruise as a sex symbol the way they right. would Brad Pitt, you know, who's similar age and all that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, does that make sense where it's like, yeah, you totally. don't, you don't, it's almost a little bit like if he did a love scene in a movie, you would think it was kind of creepy just because, you know, it's like you like him, you enjoy him in the movie, but it's, it you, it's still this thing of, oh, he's this weird guy. I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly how to put my finger on that. No, but. no, no. I, I know what you're saying. I, it's almost like. So if they had had like a, an actual love scene in this, I think you would have been like, oh, that's kind of weird. Well, <laughs> I, don't I, do, I don't think that I don't think the movie would have earned that. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I, my take on that moment. And the reason why that didn't take me out of the movie was she sort of establishes it's not languished upon but she sort of establishes in an earlier in the movie in a car ride where it's he's kind of prying he's like trying to learn what her middle name is and learn you know and he says you told me these things he's kind of fishing she's like i didn't tell you that that's not my middle name and and she's like just keep your you know keep focused on the thing and it sort of becomes clearer what i take away from it is she stood in his shoes and there was somebody that she became attached to living the same day again and again and watching that person die, watching him die again and again and again. Not him, Tom Cruise, but whoever her, him was. That part of the reason she's so guarded is that she gets it, right? And 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 she thinks it's a detriment to get too attached to somebody because it it slows them down, it distracts from the mission. And for her, it was incredibly painful, mm -hmm. right? And she probably still part of her being prickly. And maybe I'm just projecting a ton onto this movie, but this is how I was interpreting it. Part of her prickliness is, you know, she lost someone she came to care about literally hundreds of times. And and she lost the ability to reboot the day. And now that person is is dead, dead. Like there's no going back to see that person ever again. Um and so I think by the end when she kisses him and they're down at the very end and he keeps trying to find some way forward where they're going to be together, my interpretation of it is she can see in him what she felt for someone else. And when she says, you know, neither of us are getting out of here. And when she kisses him, it's less about, oh, I'm so attracted to this guy then I know what you've been through and I can see how you feel about me, right? Mm -hmm. And how hard you want to get through this, how badly you want to get through this. You know, and it's sort of a, it's not a pity thing or a consolation thing, but it's it's a kind of an acknowledgement of like, you've been through hell and I can see that. because, And I know that from my, first, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a kind of a thank you. And, and that's how I took it. And I didn't think like I didn't throw up my hands and be like, seriously, Hollywood. I was kind of like, oh, that's I, I thought it was I was on board. I was like, that's kind of sweet because he, at least he gets yeah. this unrequited. He gets a kiss from this woman that he has come to fall madly in love with. Right. And and be willing to die for and go to the end of the world for um, right before making the ultimate sacrifice, because they do both mm -hmm. die in that scene. So I don't know. I that criticism didn't line up with my I don't know why I like this movie so much. I just really really like it.
I enjoyed it. I mean, I could definitely see coming back to this. And and I had the same th- feeling as you did exactly with her character that she, you know, she's this hardened person, you know, who's been through all of this pain and, and everything. So um, I looked back through uh, his filmography and the only other thing that I th- that I could see that you could maybe loosely think of as sci-fi definitely not sci-fi like this but uh is vanilla sky um sure which or is a movie fa- remember do you, do you ever see legend yeah that's what i was gonna say legend but i'd consider I mean, that you fantasy. know fantasy yes. yeah and that's a crazy movie that, movie that is crazy. you know i was just reading something about that the other day the the character design for um you know the tim curry the the demon yeah. which i don't remember what was he it's called darkness i think which I think is the greatest devil, demon, whatever kind of makeup ever oh, just, in the history of cinema. I mean, bonkers. it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, you look at it and you go, what is that made out of? How can he hold his head up? Right? Yeah. Just, the horns are just bonkers. That's one that, if you would want to watch it sometime, that's a movie that. Yeah, we should I, do that. That's a movie that. I always wanted to like, but never. Yeah. It's just so weird. Um, you know, it's Ridley Scott, great director. Um, again, you have these great effects and everything, but it just never, you know, I tried to watch it. was on TV all the time, you know, in the eighties and nineties. And I tried to watch it a lot. And, and again, the, the dark, I think he's called darkness. I always thought was just amazing. But I I could just never get into it. So that would be a fun one. It's been years and years and years since I've yeah. you know tried to watch it. But that that would be a fun one to do sometime just to see, you know. I agree. Sure. I always thought I it was super it. weird. Yeah, and and I don't know. I watching Oblivion the other day. I I didn't enjoy it in the theater as much as I enjoyed it on the rewatching. I mm. I, I rewatched it and I was like. Oh, that I, I actually like that a lot more than I remember liking it. There's some script issues that I thought, you know, that they they kind of uh, direct and act their way over. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they, it's just a clinky, clanky series of lines, but they kind of, you know, they bluff their way through it with with acting, and 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 you think, okay, but you kind of hear it again and again and you're like, Oh, this thing isn't, this dialogue is not super well written. And it's some of it's very derivative. It's visually stunning. It's really the visual design of that movie is just gorgeous. And I think the concept is really cool, but it falls back on some sort of cliche, you know, sci-fi blockbuster tropes of um, lesser films, particularly towards the finale of it, where, you do kind of roll your eyes and you go, well, that was the easy way out of this, you know, mm-hmm. but, but overall the whole movie is so, um, is so visually stunning that I, I was like, wow, that was, I think I remembered the end and thought the whole movie was like that. And I'm like, no, that's really just kind of the end. <laughs> Actually, the whole movie is, is really, um, better than i remembered it anyway um yeah i I have a hunch that legend will actually feel kind of slow and yeah i probably um, yeah because i remember it feeling slow back then and now it probably seemed very slow 
Yeah, but uh, we should do it because it is weird. It's Tom Cruise and is he? He's kind of an elf. I mean, he's not. I think so. They don't really define who is what, but and it's early on in his career. You know, it's kind of yeah. before superstar. I think it might have been before Tom Gun- Top Gun or right around that time. Uh, I want to say it was eighty five, something like that, eighty four, eighty five. Well, that's in our wheelhouse there. Oh yeah, yeah. We haven't done a lot of fantasy. It's been a while since. Uh, it's been a while. Since it's been a while. Yeah. So, um, a little right. aside. If uh, oh, you wanted to say no, just no, give whatever our recommendations. Yeah, I mean, but go ahead, go for it. I mean, we're a little I early. Say... I do have to stop a little early tonight, so it's got to be a little bit of a shorter episode. But um, go. Oh, have you watched Tomorrow War? By the way, you mentioned it on the Amazon. I have not. You, that? you know, that's an, that's another one that I need to watch. I don't know if we'll talk about it on here or not, but I watched it and was um, pleasantly surprised. That Chris Pratt is there nothing he cannot do. I don't know. He's he can carry any can property. As can, has he ever done a like song and dance thing? Can he sing and dance? I don't know. He does dance I, in the Guardians of the Galaxy, but so I don't know if that's that. So the thing I was going to say, I went to the theater for the first time in. I'm not sure what the last movie that I saw was, but I went to see the M Night movie Old. I don't know if oh, you've yeah. seen any previews of that. I have seen previews. So. I am, I was going through his filmography and even some of the movies that are viewed as kind of bad, I generally have liked. He lost me when he got to The Happening because I thought it was terrible. Hmm. But then he came back, you know, and I think these last few that he's done have been good. And I read an article with him, an interview with him. This is really interesting, I, I felt. His last four movies, so The Visit, split glass and then this one old he financed himself no kidding so he's doing exactly what he wants to do and he's cashing in on it um the visit cost five million brought in almost a hundred these are worldwide numbers glass cost nine million did 350 almost i mean that's a big return it cost nine million dollars nine million dollars and you had Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce. No, I'm sorry. Lewis? Did I say did I say Glass? I meant uh, Split. The one. Well, what was the, Glass? Glass is the is the next one where they came back. Split is the one where it's just James McAvoy, right. and you find Great out at the end that it's part of the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where you find out it's part of the. I guess the Unbreakable. You know, that's the sequel to Unbreakable. Spoiler: right. If people haven't seen, sorry. yeah, that's a big. And then Glass was the next one where they did bring back Bruce Willis and. Um, Samuel L. Jackson. That one was twenty million, and again brought in over three hundred. And then he this didn't new one, that one himself, he did. Yeah, um, he financed that one himself. And then this one, old That's a big outlay. Oh yeah, this one. But I mean, he's getting good returns, you know. And Still the thing is, he's getting million. Good... What did he have to pay Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, James McAvoy? I mean, is not probably commanding what. I mean, I don't really honestly know what they make, but mm-hmm. maybe he offered him points or something on the back end. Yeah, they must have worked a movie you with know, three for... A-list stars for and make make the movie for twenty million dollars. I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe they just didn't like him and wanted to work. But at any rate, the thing is, he's getting to do whatever he wants to do, 
because, you know, he's just financing this writing and directing them and then just having somebody work with him. Hold on just one second. Okay. I'll be right back. Anyway, so with old, uh, oh, so what I was saying is he's just financing these things. He's getting, you know, somebody to distribute them for him. But, you know, my understanding is there's no, because he's paying for it, there aren't any suits saying do this, don't do that. And here's where you get into the problem is, uh, you know, I think he needs, he maybe needs that. It's, It's kind of the George Lucas thing with the the you know the prequel movies so my review of old the um it looks good it's an interesting premise uh there are some cool scenes but the dialogue and a lot of the line delivery is really bad so Mm. it's it feels like so this one was 18 million budget but it was it opened at number one it beat out this new gi joe movie and, you know, some other things. And that was something that I wanted to ask you about. And, and we maybe have talked about this before, but uh, he's clearly, you know, he, he has directed good movies and he's gotten good performances out of actors. You have James McAvoy in Split. And there were people at the time saying he should get an Academy Award nomination for yeah. this. I'm one of them. I thought. Yeah, that, I felt that way. Because too. it's not so, really one performance. It's like 20. Yeah. But in this and there's no there's no Bruce Willis or Samuel L. Jackson or James McAvoy or anyone like that. They're all actors that most of them you've seen before, but you probably don't know their names. And it, I just got the feeling with a lot of this that it was. um they did a take or two and then he was just like, okay, let's go on to the next thing. And there's a lot of parts where, you know, sometimes the acting is okay, but it's like, Hey, what are you doing? We better go and swim out. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, and it's, it's just, it sounds like, uh, so my question with this, you know, you being an actor, I wonder if there are actors, you know, you, you have, an actor can be in one movie and he's fantastic. He or she is fantastic. And then in the next movie, they're terrible, which to me comes down to the director. Do you think there are actors who are just almost like they're a self-starter? Like maybe Jack James McAvoy is a guy that just doesn't need a lot of direction. He just puts in a great performance. And these other actors need more, you know, hey, let's do another. Let's do it this way. Do, let's do it that way that maybe he's not doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think uh, it's hard to answer that without having been on set because, you know, there's many different types of actors. You've got actors like um, Meryl Streep, who does this enormous uh, or or um, or uh, there would be blood. um, uh, bu- 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 I can't yeah. think of his name. <laughs> yeah, I can't. But, you We're know, getting Lincoln. too old for this shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, who who just do this enormous amount of uh, work ahead of time mm-hmm. on their character, and uh, and so they show up to uh, to set more or less ready to wear the skin of this character, and from that angle, there's almost nothing they can put in front of the camera. Uh, that is going to 
be considered a bad performance because they so thoroughly inhabit the character, right? That being said, you know, even Meryl Streep, even um, if a director wanted for some unknown reason to want to make, shoot a whole film and then try and make Meryl Streep look bad, build a bad performance, um, a director and an editor could certainly do that, Mm -hmm. right? So they can make you look like an Academy Award winner as long as you got that Academy Award winning final performance across all of the takes you did, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, you might do the scene 50 times and... And and have, you know, that be spliced of all all kinds of different takes. Like, give me one where his, you know, reaction is there was one where he actually looked sort of disappointed. I wanna I want I want I like that response to the other guy's line. But then we're gonna come back to take number twenty-three because I like the intensity of his anger. You know what I mean? Like they can really, depending on how much you give them and how much you trust them. But then there there are other actors that very zealously control what they give a director um, and will say, you know, I'll, I'll only do one or two takes. And the director will say, I'd like to, you know, particularly if it's um, a seasoned actor that really is concerned about trying to control their image, their finished image. And they're working with a younger director that they may not trust as much or trust to get good stuff. And the other person will say, I'd like to get one where we try it a different way or I want to see more of whatever. And, you know, the actor might say, no, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. uh, it's there. Go back and when you see it on the big screen, you'll see it's there. Um, And if you're a, you know, if you are Meryl Streep and, and the director is, you know, Joe Schmo, then maybe you have the power in that situation, right? Yeah. Um, I I think sometimes younger actors might not do the homework, might think the job is really just about showing up on set and the director will tell them what's good and what's not and where to go and what to do. And I think that's probably um, a shame because a lot of directors will expect you to have done all of the acting work and that's your job and you show up and right. And then they'll mold it a little bit, like even bigger, or, you know, I want to see something occur to you in this moment, you know, and they'll give you direction. But if you haven't really built the, the character first and understand the motivation and have made a series of very thought out choices, then the director, you can't just skip to that. The director can't, you know, if there's no subtlety to it, to massage, then there's just nothing there. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe they just shot real fast and they didn't rehearse. And the actor, That's what I su- suspect. And that maybe it's just like, hey, we're on a tight budget. We got to, we got to move fast. But I mean, there are, you know, there were actors in this that I've seen in other things that they were very good. And in this, it's just like, wow, this is, I mean, well, this the other was... thing that, I, that occurs to me is if it's an auteur who is writing his own script and directing it, right? If he's holding all the levers and is not accountable to anybody, he could still be working on the script, right? So, I mean, they, True, they, yeah. they, they, they there could be a whole new scene where he realizes, you know, halfway through the shoot, he comes in and he's like, okay, I have five new pages. 
because I realized we we never there's nothing that explains how we get from here to here. So here's your you know, go ahead while we get set up, take an hour and look this over, right? Mm-hmm. And so that that doesn't get any colder than that. True. Um, yeah. And it, you know, sometimes even a person who has a fully realized character, this might be a crazy curveball, and they're just like, "Oh, I, it never occurred to me that the character." You know what I mean? I just sure. I don't know. That's it a, could be a lot of stuff. A movie. That's is a, a good point that I. Thing. That's a good point that I didn't think of because there are scenes in the movie where a particular, you know, there's an actor, and you're thinking, "Wow, this person is not very, doing a very good job," and then they'll have a scene later on. And it's like, oh, that was that was really I just was really noticing that I think when you notice that the acting is bad, that, you know, that's a bad thing when you're watching a film. But there were times where I'd be like, oh, this, the guy's good in this scene. But in this scene, oh, he's so it could be something like that, that they were doing rewrites or whatever. But it was really just kind of long story short with the review. It was pretty I mean, it was the worst. Kind of major film release in terms of acting that I've seen in a while. And one review that I read, somebody said, you know, he, it, the movie looks good. It's an interesting premise, all of that. But much like George Lucas, he needs somebody helping him with the dialogue, which is apparently, you know, is not going to happen because he's paying for it himself. So he can do all this, but it was, and it's working out for him. Right. I mean, this was the number one movie this week. Yeah. Like with George Lucas, there's no incentive Mm -hmm. for him to do that. Yeah. It's just like, hey, the movie's like golden eggs. So when Mm -hmm. you put 20 million into it and it makes 350 million, don't change a thing. Right. Somebody's like, don't you want to make it better? I'm like, I think it's doing pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, and and he has the perfect, and, you know, in this article, I was, they were saying basically nobody is financing their own films. Right, right now other than him um and you know it's working out great for him and the the and just like george lucas he doesn't have anybody interfering with him right so he's whatever is out there is his vision you know it's not right. for for better or worse you know but it wasn't nearly as bad it was disappointing because i've liked his is re, you know i really thought he got back on track with i mean the visit was good but also with split you know um, and this was, it wasn't as bad as the happening, but I would say for me, this was about a five out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it didn't look great and, you know, the reviews were bad, but I thought, ah, maybe, you know, he's had other things that were poorly reviewed. And so it was just, it was just a bit of a disappointment that, um, uh, so I guess, you know, maybe this is what you're going to get. He's financing this stuff and some of them will be good and maybe some won't, you know? Yeah. Um, so in terms of wrapping up uh, Edge of Tomorrow, uh, I would recommend it. I really enjoyed it. Is it a five-star best thing I've ever seen in my life? No, but a great popcorn movie if you're into sci-fi, you know, and it's if you like Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, I think they both do a terrific job. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and that's that's one of the things with this show that we've talked about a few times in the past. I like that this was one of these that, you know, it's been out for seven years or whatever. And I kept meaning to watch it and it just never, you know, I just always wasn't in the mood or whatever. I watched something else, but you bringing it up, I finally saw it and I really enjoyed it. I I would definitely recommend it to, you know, people who like sci-fi action. That's not, you know, this isn't, it's a popcorn movie, but it's not stupid. It's not a transformers or something like that. 
Um, right. And so and I enjoyed you don't it. It's glaze a seven. Over. It's not no, Transformers no. where there's just so many sequences of just CGI whirling. You know, it's it's not that. The 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 aliens mm-hmm. kind of are that. But when you're on the beach fighting them, it's more about it's like saving Private Ryan or something. It's the battle sequence. It's not, oh, this is aliens, the big one, and that aliens, the dumb one, and this, or, or they're all exactly the same, and it's all, you know what I mean? It, it's mm-hmm. the alien isn't the point. They are the threat, and they are the thing that kills you. But they're the obstacle to get around, and otherwise, it's character driven. And I, I, I really dug that. Yeah, it's a seven point nine on IMDb. Yeah, I, that's Trump. that's about right for me. I would say, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It's a good one. That's a nice movie. So, what do you want to do for next time? Just before we, wrap I have. It, up? it might have to be a surprise because I have absolutely no idea. Okay. Well, unless listeners, you, unless there's something. That... No, I don't have anything. I don't really want to do another Tom Cruise right on the tail no. of this one. So let's leave Legend for another time. Okay. Um, and we'll we'll discuss it off mic as we go. Um, sure. Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com. That's our handle. Uh, we're on the socials. If you like to listen to the podcast, please like and subscribe and, you know, all the good things. Let us hear from you. Suggestions, feedback, all of that. Um, and Excellent. we don't know what we're going to do for next week, so it's going to be a little surprise as we head into uh, the future. The edge of tomorrow. The edge of tomorrow. <laughs> and, <laughs> and otherwise, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us again. It's always a pleasure to have you uh, listen to us talk. Um, and uh, yeah, we It's our will- pleasure. Yes, it's it's our pleasure to talk and to talk with you listening. Uh, so right. on that note, I guess we will talk to you next week. <laughs>